You are listening to the YLM Sermon of the Week podcast with Pastor Steve Tolbert. Be blessed and refreshed by this relevant word from the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord God, we just thank you for the psalm of your presence. We glorify you for who you are and what you want to do in our lives. God, we just... We choose to participate in what you're doing in the earth. God, we choose to live a life unrestricted by any demonic force. We thank you, Lord, that you brought us to this place, this moment in time, by your grace and your mercy. And so, God, we'll live continuously appreciative of that fact. Our hearts are entering into worship. Our hearts celebrate you in praise. God, may we always be conscious of your presence in our lives. And remember, it doesn't matter what it looks like right now. You're still with us. So God, we just thank and we praise you and we glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we were going forth in, in worship, the Lord brought something to, my, to me. And before I get into the message, just to quickly remind you that the thing that you're carrying doesn't belong to you. He says you need to learn how to shift the weight of that on him. Because he said that he would bear our heavy burdens. And you need to understand that if it ain't good, it ain't God. He says that I give every good and perfect gift. If it causes pain, if it causes struggle, I'm not in it. He says, but I want you to begin to get in line with my mind, my heart for you. It is not on the level of what you expect of yourself, but it's what I promised you. He says, liberate yourself in the truth, the truth of my love, the truth of my peace. Realize that I am stronger than you are, and I am able to carry you through the valley. This is only temporary. And you need to understand that this is subject to change. The devil knows he has limited time. And so you need to live in that reality. That your situation is about to change in the name of Jesus. Pastor Sandra, what is he saying?
Just to confirm, the man of God was saying as I was sitting there, the Lord was speaking and saying that the person that came in and allowed the heaviness to be upon them, it is time to shift. He kept saying, shift it to God, shift to God. So that's a confirmation. And the enemy is trying to trick you, make you feel like it's not going to work out. But God said he already got it. He wants you to trust him. Because of the season that you're in now, that's why it looks like it's not going to work out. But don't look at what you see with your natural eye. See it already done. That is the word of the Lord. God bless you. Let's give God some praise. So today, we're going to talk about fear is the enemy. And so when we think about that topic, we think about fear. It's a common enemy that we deal with or that we face daily. It's a universal emotion that can paralyze us, hinder our growth, and rob us of joy. But today we're going to look into the Word of God and we're going to learn how to do battle against that spirit of fear. And so let's look at our scripture, which is coming. We're going to start off with Psalm 118, Psalm 118, verse 6. Psalm 118, verse 6. And you can stand for the reading of God's word. Psalm 118, verse 6 says this, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And then let's go to Isaiah 54, verses 14 to 15. It says this, And you will be established on a foundation of righteousness. You will be far from oppression. You will certainly not be afraid. You will be far from terror. It will certainly not come near you. If anyone attacks you, it is not for me. Whoever attacks you will fall before you. And then Hebrews 13, verse 6. Therefore, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Amen. You may be seated. Fear is the enemy. And so Bear Grylls says this. He says, both faith and fear may sail into your harbor, but only allow faith to drop anchor. We sometimes get too acquainted with the feeling of being afraid, the anxiety that comes with being afraid. But we need to realize that fear has no place in our life. Satan can't do anything to us apart from fear. Any more than God can do something for us apart from faith. Faith moves God because faith is in God. Fear moves Satan because fear is in Satan. And so we think about faith and we know in Hebrews 11:6 it's 11:1 to 6 says now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. For by this, our ancestors were approved 
By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things which are not visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gifts. And even though he is dead, he still speaks through his faith. By faith, Enoch was taken away, and so he did not experience death. He was not to be found because God took him away. For before he was taken away, he was approved as one who pleased God. Now, without faith, it is impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And so we need to understand that, that when it comes to understanding this enemy called fear, we need to understand that a lot of times you are afraid of what has not happened yet. So you see in that verse that I, in the verses that I read, it said that faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. And so fear works the same way. And so fear is the reality of what you dread, what you, what you, what you don't want to happen. And, and see, if you put so much emphasis on the fear element in your heart, because faith and fear are both affecting the heart. And so if you put so much stock and so much weight on the fear element, then you will begin to reap the fear results. And, and see, and, and let's look at this, because we understand now fear is a, a spiritual force and faith is God's creative power. And so we need to understand that fear will cause you to not make the move that God is directing you to make. Because you fear what, what, what might happen, not what is happening, but what might happen. But faith requires trust. It requires you to actually give God full control. We say God is in control, but he's not really in control. We go with what we're comfortable with. And fear loves comfort because comfort becomes a boundary for your life and prevents you from expanding your horizons. It keeps you from expanding your, your belief and your experiences in God and keeps you in one place. But you hate that place. You hate your job, you hate your neighborhood, you hate your house, you hate your car, but you're not trusting God enough to allow him to expand your mind beyond your own personal experience. When you become a Christian, you are not supposed to be limited by your previous experiences, but you're supposed to open yourself up to God's new experiences. Because he says, if any man be in Christ, the old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so now I'm not looking for the old, I'm looking for the new. He said, behold, I will do a new thing. And so, and, and so we, look at, we look at fear and we see fear in the life of the disciples. In Mark 4, verse 37 to 41, 
It says, a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. He was in the stern. Who's he? Jesus was in the stern sleeping, doing what I love to do. And so he says, so they woke him up and said to him, teacher, don't you care that we are going to die? Now, come on. Jesus is on board and you think you're going to die. And so he said, he got up, rebuked the wind and said to the sea, silence, be still. The wind ceased and there was a great calm. Then he said to them, why are you afraid? You are in the very presence of God. Why are you afraid? When you're in the presence of God, then faith comes and you begin to believe God for things that are beyond you. Why are you afraid? We cannot think that if we have Jesus, fear belongs with us. It does not belong. Faith and fear cannot occupy the same space. One will have the overriding control of your heart. Either it will be faith or it will be fear. It's up to you to decide. That's why he places the responsibility on them and says, why are you? Why did you choose to be afraid? It's a choice. And so he, he, the wind, he says, why are you afraid? Then he says, do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked one another, who then is this? They still didn't know who he was. You got God in the flesh walking with you and you still don't know. You've seen the miracles, the signs and the wonders. You've seen the dead race and you still don't know who he is. What you think, God is only the God of the headache? God can heal cancer too. He can heal AIDS. He can heal sickle cell. He can heal anything. He tells the Israelites, he says, one of his names is healer. He says, I am that I am. I am whatever you need for the situation. And so we continue to see Jehovah tagged to different things throughout the Bible. Why? Because God himself is not limited. He says, I am not limited just because you saw somebody get healed of a headache. I am not limited to the headache. I'm not Jehovah headache. Jehovah aspirin. He says, when you go to war, I will be the banner over you. And then in Solomon, we find out that the banner over us is love. And so, so then in Mark 14, 30, it says, when, he saw the, when they saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid. That's talking about Peter. He was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. So I got just enough faith to move out of this spot to this spot. But then God says, I want you to make it to the door. I don't know, God, this kind of far. Nobody else. You know, those cars are kind of going real fast. I don't know if I can go across that street. I remember a period of time in my life, I had had a, a situation happen and it had caused me 
to have a fear of crossing the street. Me and my dad went to the library one day, one Saturday, and he crosses the street. And this is the main library downtown, North. And so my dad crosses the street and he's on the other side of the street looking across like, where you at? And I said, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm standing on his, I can't do it. I can't do it. And it's because my experience had traumatized me and created a fear barrier in my mind to where the rest of my body could not move. And so we need to understand. And in first in Second Timothy 1, verse 7 says what for God has not given us a spirit of fear but one of power love and sound mind or sound judgment and so God doesn't give us fear oh well but what about the fear of the Lord the fear of the Lord is not dread of God a person who has the fear of the Lord respects and reveres God who understands their place in relation to God and won't try to be him. It's not afraid to approach him. See, the, the one thing that we as believers have to overcome is we have to overcome the fear of God, the dread of God. And we have to learn the fear of the Lord, which is the reverence and the respect for God. Because it's the fear of the Lord that causes you to draw closer in worship. It's the fear of the Lord that causes you, it draws you closer, it doesn't push you away from him. See, you think about the fear of your parents, right? The fear of your parents, you had situations with your parents to where it's just like, uh, they they like, come on, come, come over here. And you, you're like, I don't know, am I gonna get hit? That, that's, that's dread. But see, the fear of the Lord says, God, I understand your heart towards me. You're not trying to destroy me. You want to protect me. You want, to, you want me to grow as an individual. You want me to, you want me to grow in my understanding of you. And, and it's, it says that the, the, the knowledge of God is so vast. We'll keep learning him all the days of our life. And so we need to draw closer to God, not be afraid of him, not dread him. And so uh, we need to understand, according to uh, Isaiah 54, 14, fear is Satan's destructive power. We look at the, the media. We look at the news, especially in the time frame that we're living in, where we're, they're considering an economic downturn, okay? And so there are companies that are shutting down, laying people off and all this, and we're watching this, okay? Because there's a principle in Romans 10, 17 that says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so what do you think about fear? The more I hear, the more I see, the more I become afraid. To where I get to work and now I'm afraid that I'm going to have one of those, what they call the all hands meetings, everybody come on, you know, where we want to talk to everybody and just let them know. Notice that in those meetings, they don't tell you what they're about. 
So you start to create assumptions of what's going to happen. Fear takes over, but we're not supposed to operate in fear. All right? Because we need to understand that even if a layoff happens, then God has something better in store for us. And we need to stop allowing fear to be the final judgment. And we need to step into faith and say, okay, yeah, I got laid off because stuff will happen, okay? Yeah, I got laid off. But I am now going to tune into God. God is the ultimate job recruiter. I remember one particular time I had a job and, and I was uh, in a call center and they had one of those meetings where, hey, we want to talk to everybody. And I'm looking around like, I've never seen that person before. What's going on? So then they let us know the news that the, the company was sold and now they're going to be laying off everybody in that particular office. Oh, but we'll give you a few months to look for a job. Now, in certain economies, finding a job is more difficult than at other times. So I realized I could not go through the job search alone. So one day I'm on my way to work and I know what's about to happen within the next few months. And I said, God, I trust you. I said, I know this is not the way it, it ends for me. I know you got something for me. And so then God brought this up into my spirit. He said, say this over yourself, because we here at Yeslo, we know the power of words, right? And so he says, he says, say this over yourself. The struggle is over and with ease shall it come. And so I began to say it and I began to say it and began to say it. Even as I began to go on the job search boards, I began to say the struggle is over and with ease shall it come. Because I know there are a couple of thousand other people that are also looking for a job. And so I said, I can't let, I can't let that fear that I'm not going to be the one picked. Why? Because my personal experience said that when I was on the playground, I was always the one that was either the last one picked or not picked at all. You can take over if somebody else get hit with the ball and hurt themselves. So my personal and a lot of my personal experience was a lot of rejection. And that rejection had trained me to think that nobody wanted me. But God said, say this, the struggle is over when ease shall it come. And so as I began to say it, as I'm doing the job applications and going through the interview processes and stuff like that. And, and I got a job offer in Toronto, Canada. And, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is so amazing. I could go to Canada. Cool. You know? But of course, mama said no. So, <laughs> but I said, okay. She said, they gotta be, if God can give you that, he can give you something closer. Y'all know my mother. If I can do that, he can do this. You know? And so, I kept going through the process, going through the process, and, and I got some no's, but then all of a sudden, I got a yes. And God said, this is the door. Walk through it. See, fear could have said, but what if this happens over there too? But faith said, if God got you this far, he's going to get you further. 
Because fear makes you think irrational thoughts. It makes you think people are against you. Oh, they don't like me. Why do you look at me like that? Why Pastor Steve never come up and smile and talk to me like that? Is there a problem? He always looks so serious. Is there a problem? Come on, don't say I ain't never thought that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just like faith is the substance of things hoped for and the things desired, Fear is the substance of things that you really don't desire. And so we read, uh, I quoted Romans 10, 17, but here's what I want you to do because the word of God is very important. So Proverbs 4, verse 20, 22 says this, my son, pay attention to my words. Listen closely to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to one, one's whole body. So the word of God is dynamic. It says that it is life to those who find them and health to your body. I remember a particular testimony with Minister Larry Clifton. And this was many years ago, and he had gone to the doctor, and the doctor gave him a report. And I remember Minister Larry actually putting the word first. He's, he's following the doctor's instructions, but he's putting the word first. And then he goes, the doctor wants to check and, and see if it's still there, and it wasn't there. Because I remember he had, I remember talking to him. And he's like, he's like, I'm going to put the word on. I'm going to, I'm going to go to the word. And he started quoting the scriptures and, and stuff. And it's the word, the Bible says it's health. It's health. People want to get you to mentally assent to the fact that, oh, well, the Bible is just a bunch of stories. But I've heard too many testimonies of people who actually trust those stories and God turned things around. And so we need to make sure that if we're going to walk in faith, then we have to have God's word. We cannot afford to just think our own thoughts. Because the thing about fear is that fear will have you stand up all night long, not being able to sleep because you worry. But the word of God, if you would go to the word, you would see that God doesn't want. No, insomnia is not of God. He says he gives his beloved sweet sleep. And so in. Faith is developed through meditating and acting on the word of God. And, and we see that in James 1, verse 22, and then for chapter 2, verse 17 to 24. Then in, uh, let, let's see if we can read that here, because that's, that's a very important scripture. James 1, verse 22. Hallelujah. Whenever God is speaking a word to encourage you, that's because he's trying to prepare you for what's coming. Amen. James 1, 
verse 22, it says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. So, well, I came to the church and I heard the sermon, but now you got to do it. The same way that my life has been, uh, my life in Christ has been about faith because I realize that if I don't have faith, I won't make it. I, I've always thought about this, and, and I, I think I shared this story about my, my first car was, was a Plymouth Horizon. You remember, Larry, the Plymouth Horizon with no air condition, <laughs> one working door. <laughs> but uh, the roof, yeah. But I always, because I had a manager that actually used to talk about my car, like, you know, mm -hmm. he said, you know what? And so I said, he said, oh, that's going to stop on it. I said, no, my car is going to keep going until I'm ready to give it up. I mean, and I was driving my car everywhere. I was going down to Phillipsburg, surprising the boys. Like, hey, I'm in the neighborhood. <laughs> and I kept driving my car, driving my car. And so I was going, I was about to leave for Texas. And Larry didn't want it. So I was like, <laughs> so I said, so the manager who was talking about, he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll buy it and then I'll sell it for scrap. And so I said, okay. So I sold it to him, gave him the deed. And do you know when he tried to leave, it wouldn't start for him. Because faith was fueling that car. And so you got to be a doer of the word, not just the hearer. It's good to hear great messages, but what do you do with them? Jesus said that the one who actually sees the harvest of the word planted is the one who actually does the word. But the one who merely hears it, everything else starts to crowd that word out. The, the, the anxieties of life. The fear, the pride, the anger, everything starts to crowd it out and prevent you from seeing the manifestation of the word in your life. But you have to be a doer of the word because just to be a hearer, you are already deceiving yourself. But it's when you go from hearing to doing that you begin to experience the fruitfulness in Christ. And so... Fear has to be received before it can enter the heart and stop your faith. And then here's another thing. And this is why you need to really watch your visual and your auditory diet is because we receive what we continually look at. Let me check this reel and go down a rabbit hole of reels. Let me check this story. Oh, man, and then I go to another news story. Let me read the Zane book. See what Zane got to say. 
we receive what we continually look at. Think about this, because a lot of people are basing their decisions, they're basing their mindset and thoughts concerning certain things on things that they're receiving through media. And then you start to, like one person, I, I was observing one person uh, and they were in a relationship and they were treating their spouse like their show they watch, this reality show they watch. And I'm like, and what do you think is about to happen? Because most of those reality people get divorced within like a couple of years. Most of them don't have good interpersonal relationships with other people. The shows are built around drama. So what are you continually looking at? What are you continually listening to? That's why even they tell you the music, the, types of, the type of music you listen to, you need to be careful. And I'm going to go further into that in other lessons, but just a teaser. And so Jesus delivered us from fear. And, and because fear is a curse under the law. In Deuteronomy 28, verse 65 to 67, it says this, and this is the curses, because earlier we see the blessings. Now here's a curse. It says, you will find no peace among those nations, and there will be no resting place for the sole of your foot. The Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing eyes, and a despondent spirit. Your life will hang in doubt before you. You will be in dread night and day, never certain of survival. In the morning, you will say, if it only it were evening. And in the evening, you will say, if only it were morning. Because of the dread you will have in your heart and because of what you will see. And this is a person who is not actually walking in right relationship with God and not trying to listen to what God has already commanded. That person receives into themselves this particular curse, which is why we've all experienced it at some point when we were in broken fellowship with God, where all of a sudden more anxiety than usual starts to grip us. But the easy way is just to get back into the blessing life with God. And so we need to understand that uh, in, in Luke 12, 32, it says we got to believe love because don't be afraid, little flock, because your father delights to give you the kingdom. Whenever I look at God and, it, and, and God is looking at me as a child of his, then I see the joy. I see the delight of God. I see the love of God. But then you say, well, but, but what, what about when I don't do, well, just like a parent that loves you, the father has to chastise you. Because scripture says he chasteneth those that he loves. But we ought not to live for the chastise. There's some children that are just so hard-headed. They love being punished. You know why? Because they keep doing stupid stuff. I know like Ellie's friends, one of, the, one of the fathers, we were walking one day, and one of the fathers had to continually call his son's name and, and yank his son and stuff. And he says, I notice she's always walking very quietly. What did you do? Well, one, I love my daughter enough to continually remind her of my love and to let her know that if you do this, I will be displeased. And so Ellie, out of love for me, 
chooses to do what pleases the Father. And so it's the same way with us, where if we don't want to be ruled by fear, we don't want to live this life of dread and anxiety, saying, if only it were, how many, I, I have had those times where I'm like, I wish it were daytime already. Or then you're at work, you're having a bad day. I wish it was already five o'clock. But we need to understand that God wants us to experience, he wants us to experience the joy and the abundance. He wants to, to experience peace. He wants us to be in peace with other people. And sometimes it's fear that's driving the wedge between you and the other person. Even if God has spoken to your heart to go to them and to, to forgive them, you fear that they won't be receptive. And so you stay away. But you need to override that fear with faith and believe that as you are obedient to God, then God will meet you at the place of obedience. Maybe he's already been talking to the person, and when you get to them and you make amends with them, they'll say, you know what, I, I've been thinking about you too, and, and I don't know why this did. There can be reconciliation, but you got to have faith for reconciliation. Again, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You And it talks about faith for salvation, but you apply it to faith for everything else. Even with the children, there's a scripture that says that the children of the, the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. We need to find the promises of God and begin to apply those promises to our life and then live those promises and make that our thing. Because a person who just, one, we got to stop being uh, very emotional, impulsive Christians that, you know, today because praise and worship was good and the word was good, I feel like I can do it. Then tomorrow you wake up and, and all you got to do is get one piece of bad news and you'd be like, oh man, down in the dumps. What about using the word as a weapon? Because you do realize that because you hear the word now, the difficulty aligned with that word will come to try to get that word to choke. And so you got to use what you heard today as a weapon to actually do battle in the spirit, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You battle in the spirit, and that's what we got to do. God says, I need you to start being warriors. I need you to start being warriors. Being a Christian is not about being weak and the pushover. You're a warrior, which is why he talks to us about armor spiritual armor and tells us then also that the the enemy the enemy is not that person but it's what's operating in that person and i wonder if people still understand the power of binding and loosing we'll, we'll bind and loose you know, in, in our prayer time in private. But what about when the enemy confronts you face to face, nose to nose? What about binding and binding him? Because that word binding is a judicial term 
which means to prohibit or restrict. And lose means to allow. And so you bind the enemy to forbid him and restrict him from operating in a certain area in your life. Then you loose the Lord and his promises in your life in order to experience heaven's reality. And so, Lord, we come and we, we just thank you and we thank you for helping us to understand today that fear is the enemy. We confess, Lord, that we have allowed fear to hinder our growth and to rob us of joy. But today we choose to put our trust in you. For you are our light, our salvation, our stronghold. So help us to seek your face and to dwell in your presence. Even in the midst of our enemies. And God, we thank you that you promise never to leave us nor forsake us. May our perfect love that you have for us drive out all fear from our lives. God, we refuse to be imprisoned by fear. And we will become all that you want us to be. Because God, we trust your heart towards us more than our minds. We trust your heart towards us more than we trust the news reports, more than we trust the doctor's reports. All they serve to do is to give us a target for our warfare. So God, we thank you and we praise you right now for liberty, liberty being loosed on your people. Joy being loosed on your people. Soundness of mind and heart being loosed on your people. And we close up every demonic opening. Whether it's come through our childhood or whether it's come through objects, whatever has come, we, we close it in the name of Jesus. And we kick and evict Satan from our lives. But we say, Holy Spirit, come. Fill up every space in us with who you are. And remind us of what you have planned for us. Remind us of who we are in you. Remind us of the strength that you provide. God, we thank you that we'll leave this place being deliverers, helping our friends and our family and strangers get loosed to love. We thank you. We praise you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Partner with YLM financially using the following methods. The YLM mobile app. Text gift to 1844948395. Cash app dollar sign yes lord in. 
On Givelify, search for Yes Lord Ministries in Kimmelworth, New Jersey. Our website, visit www.ylmconnect.org and click donate. Mail checks and money orders to Yes Lord Ministries, Post Office Box 425 Union, New Jersey 07083. Download the YLM mobile app and stay connected with our ministry 24-7. On behalf of our lead pastor Steve Tolbert, our senior leaders Apostle Willie Tolbert and Apostle Mamie S. Tolbert and the Yes Lord Ministries Church family, thank you for joining us and welcome home.